tell me I got nothing. Oh, what do you mean? Our intro, right? This, yeah, I don't know how to start this podcast. <laughs> what do we say? Welcome. Is that a good good start? Welcome. So boring. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're here today, and we're trying to uh, launch a podcast here. But why? That's the real question. We gotta answer the why. Yeah, I want to get more Facebook friends. <laughs> <laughs> Is it true, Aaron? You just made a Facebook? I did. I made an Instagram and a Facebook account. I have zero followers and friends in that account. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to our first podcast at Crystal here. Uh, we're just trying to connect uh, with our community and also any listeners out there who are trying to just connect with God and connect with their communities in deeper ways. And I think that's where we want to start. Yeah. 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 We, we know about the times. We know what's happening now. But um, yeah, we just know right now we just need each other more than ever. Need to feel connected and stay connected. So we're here for you here. Yeah. Yeah. So Aaron, how are you holding up with all that's going on with the COVID-19, with the church right now, going through a transition with no people physically meeting? all our stuff going live stream online like how's this for you this is uh this is this is just new Mm -hmm. this is new for me i haven't Mm -hmm. um, been on the grid on any level uh, for media social media Mm -hmm. uh, live content um i don't even know if there is a picture of me out there in a group photo on some some person's page (laughs) i have no idea um, and I, I kind of kept it that way. So mm-hmm. I think in a way it's new because I'm stepping into anything where people can access uh, or have something like recorded or something on file. Mm-hmm. And I just feel weird about that. Mm-hmm. Um, like having a text message that right. everybody can see right. uh, instead of a live phone call, you can just hang up and it's mm-hmm. not saved. Mm-hmm. And so that's really new for me, I think. Um, so I don't think I've ever really preached where it was recorded. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than our, you know, um, recordings on, yeah, audio, but I kind of know that that's really restricted or, um, you know, most people who access it are just from our church, so okay. I think um, that that's new. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. definitely the privacy aspect of it, for my INFJs and INFPs out there who choose to be private and who would prefer to mm-hmm. be private, uh, you know, there's no more privacy for y'all anymore. Uh, for my INFP pastors out there, good luck, y'all. Y'all, this is a step of faith y'all taking. Uh, it seems so. Uh, for me, too. Um, I think even though um, this was something always on the map or in our peripherals, right, of people trying to go online and, you know, people like Carrie Newoff would say, hey, 50% of your budget should be uh, online ministry. But uh, I think something just got expedited. Uh, so I am kind of transitioning in as well and trying to figure this out. Still processing, to be honest, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want to stay connected. And so I'm trying to in every way that I know. Um, I just feel super outdated <laughs> about the way that I'm trying. <laughs> what, is, um, what about uh, the interactions? What has changed in terms of your interactions, you feel, um, with your church members yeah, I mean, first of all, there's not a lot. There wasn't a lot in the beginning, mm-hmm. since um, uh, yeah, since COVID nineteen, mm-hmm. uh, we we closed doors. 
uh, we went online. And in some ways, uh, we kind of shut doors to certain other areas that we've taken for granted. Mm-hmm. Like seeing people face to face, a high five, a handshake, a mm-hmm. hug, mm-hmm. Um, just seeing a smile, but it's in real time. Mm-hmm. And uh, in that sense, I think um, we all just miss people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm sure that's across the board, mm-hmm. all around the world. People mm-hmm. want to stay connected, so they're trying really hard right now mm-hmm. through all of their you know, social media pages or even um, just uh, conference calls, right. uh, video calls, yeah, and everyone's yeah. trying. Um, but we know it's just not the same as mm-hmm. having somebody in person. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like the ultimate FOMO, what the young, young, young cats would say. It's the feeling of missing out. Yo, it's an ultimate FOMO, like everyone's missing out right mm-hmm. now. Uh, I think Richard Velotis uh, posted something this morning too. I think people are gonna have some level of PTSD uh, coming out of this. And I think, you know, not to live in the future, right? But that's something we're gonna have to really deal with as a church and as a body as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah, even, mm. you know, what I'm seeing um, in terms of like the stores closing, um, everything from, like I went, we just went to go pick up some subways, but you know, everything's takeout, like uh, closing early, there's no one on the streets. Um, it's hitting hard. It's a, uh, it's definitely a recession coming. People say a depression might come. Uh, and, you know, this is this is some pressing times. And I think uh, the church right now is a, a very interesting place to be a voice and to help our, even uh, the Christian body and the body, the, uh, the body of Christ just process this. This is going to be really important. I feel like we're at a very vital time right now. Yeah, yeah, some tough times. And so for anyone listening out there who's unsure about where you're going to be at in a month or even now, even tomorrow, um, you know, we know that not everyone gets paid leave or gets to work from home. Um, It's, yeah, it's a rare time. Um, I feel like in, uh, yeah, just a rare time where none of us feel like we're in control of anything. Mm -hmm and not even the president of the United States. Mm. Um, and it's really where um, we can come to God. Mm. You know, uh, where else? Mm-hmm. So where is God in all of this? Um, and how do we even approach God in all of this? I think that's one of the pressing questions we ask. Uh, when everything we've known how to do, everything we've understood to be, uh, you know, to do faith, or this is how... I live out my faith like I think overnight literally or within the last couple of days it completely shifted or uh, it, it brought us back to like square one of what does it really mean to live out our faith you know um, and yeah there's definitely an urgency right now for communities of faith to pray and to connect but I, I really want to ask what is prayer Aaron what is prayer man mm. yeah and what does it mean to even talk to a God right now or to even communicate with a God? Yeah, I think just across the board, I, I, I don't have statistics for this, but I, uh, I can sense how in times of urgency, um, when there's things happening, people are generally going to pray more, mm-hmm. um, pray asking for help, um, pray for provision, um, just praying out of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And just calling out to somebody. And so I can definitely see just more prayers happening globally, just as people are generally trying to come together, 
trying to unite. There's those, there's those things that they, um, you know, they're calling for each other. Mm -hmm. They're calling out to uh, help each other and serve each other and um, even random acts of kindness. I definitely see that. Um, but there's something specific about prayer mm. that's you're either connected or you're not. Mm. Mm. You know, none of us really think Hail Mary prayers are connected prayers. Mm. We'll pray it because we have nothing else to say. Mm -hmm. yeah. What's prayer for you? Prayer. Prayer. You know, I grew up really Pentecostal. So um, if you ask me, it was a lot of tongue speaking. Uh, it was a lot of... <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of uh, uh, babbling. I'm not saying Pentecostals are just babblers. I'm still Pentecostal. Um, there was a lot of uh, uh, intercessory prayer. It was uh, an ongoing prayer, if you will. Um, and then for me, I, 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 didn't int I didn't enter into the phase of uh, intimacy till later on in my life. I think prayer was a lot of one-way requests, inquiring of maybe even asking of um, or, you know, telling God how I feel. Uh, even, even, even in the moments of grief, I was telling God a lot of things. And never have I thought till later on in my life that prayer had a lot to do with what does God have to say to me? And so later on in my life, I began to see, well, it's not just a one-way streak of let me say something to God or request something from God. It's also a, a, um, a connection that I have that allows the, the creator of the universe to speak to me personally as well. And I think that shifted everything for me. Uh, when I talked less and I heard more, uh, something in me began to shift along uh, in deeper ways. For me, that's prayer. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah. You're still Pentecostal. <laughs> For me too, like there's there's something about prayer where in my tradition I grew up, mm -hmm. um, really learning to wait it out. Mm -hmm. It's like a purging mm -hmm. of soul, of mind, mm -hmm. and emptying out. Um, so it's very um, time consuming. Mm -hmm. And as a young believer, that was really hard to do. Mm -hmm. Just to sit in one place, mm -hmm. um, it's not even easy to stay focused for that long. And yet, uh, knowing that you just gotta put in your hours mm -hmm. or you have to um, really uh, empty yourself or really focus. Um, and so I would spend a lot of time on my knees, mm -hmm. like literally on my knees um, and just waiting, mm -hmm. um, reading, right. reflecting. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, in Tim Keller's book, Prayer, mm -hmm. uh, he talks about prayer being uh, in one way, mm -hmm. a mystical prayer. Mm -hmm. You know, there's this kind of long process right. and you're climbing, mm -hmm. you know, and you, you get there and then you, you have this vision. Right. And um, I think in a sense, uh, that's the tradition I grew up in. Mm -hmm. Kind of, uh, not a workspace, but just maybe, you know, it just takes time mm -hmm. and you gotta uh, wait on God. Mm -hmm. And so in a lot of ways, prayer was um, a learning, mm -hmm. uh, a climbing mm -hmm. and potentially counting mm -hmm. you know I've had pastors just tell me how many hours I should be preparing a mm -hmm. day mm -hmm. and uh, I felt like oh, if I reach that mm -hmm. at least even close to that mm -hmm. then maybe I prayed enough mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I see 
Yeah, I, th- I think uh, as we explore Tim Keller's book during this time of our campaign in our church right now, where we're taking the next three to four weeks to really dig into what prayer is, yeah, I'm learning more. Um, I, and Tim Keller offers so many different uh, perspectives and views of prayer, and it's really cool. He's very um, knowledgeable in that way. I think one of the things that really stood out to me was when he mentioned, uh, especially in the encounter God, Encountering God chapter, that um, prayer was a child's means of access to a, a king and a father. And he uses this um, imagery all the time. He says, uh, only a child of God or a child of a king can wake up a king in the middle of the night um, to ask for a cup of water. That's access. I, I remember Tim Keller using that imagery over and over, right? And I, and I really like that, that, that there is an adoption aspect of, uh, or like an identity piece, if you will, that, that makes your prayers something, not just a Hail Mary prayer or, some, or a, a prayer that you throw up to the unknown uh, God of the universe, but you're known to him, by him, and he's also known by you as well. Yeah, so that's what I saw actually in one of the chapters, man. I love that. Yeah. You know, it's it's so crazy because, you know, sometimes we, we don't see ourselves in a king and son image. We see ourselves in a somebody we worship mm-hmm. and a church we attend image. Mm-hmm. So we're like a member of a church mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then there's God. Mm-hmm. If you're thinking about the drinking water, mm-hmm. asking for a cup of water, mm-hmm. that wouldn't even fit in that metaphor mm-hmm. because we don't see ourselves mm-hmm. Uh, in that in that way, you know, if you're only mm-hmm. uh, truly believing that you are a son, mm-hmm. then you can do something like that. I mean, you know, as we live together, you know that uh, you hear my son all the time. <laughs> we, uh, we try our best to, mm-hmm. you know, discipline him or get him to go to sleep at a certain mm-hmm. time. And mm-hmm. we know that about in about an hour or two or even in three or four in the morning, he'll just start screaming <laughs> our name. And uh, we we break sleep, um, well, you know, and I go downstairs, mm-hmm. already knowing what he's screaming for, and so I get a cup of water, mm-hmm. and then I head towards his room, and uh, he knows he has access. Mm-hmm. He knows I'm coming. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. I wish he didn't know, <laughs> so that I don't have to go uh, three in the morning. But wow. Wow. he knows I'm coming, and so he'll actually yell my name uh, <laughs> or yell daddy until I get there wow. fully knowing and that I, even if I'm putting the fight in that I'm, I'm, I'm going to give in right and I know that because I <laughs> sleep right next to your son's, uh, son's room and you know that's so crazy that you mentioned the father aspect of it because I'm not his father and you know I'm the closest thing to an uncle but even as you're talking about that it makes me kind of emotional to even think dang this young kid, even though that triggers me four in the morning, like, and, and makes me kind of like really annoyed. And can, can I be honest? Can I tell you all a secret? I kind of like bang the wall sometimes. And, and I tell him like, yo, you got to stop young man. And like, and, and yet he has a father, you know, like yourself who would just wake up because, you know, uh, sometimes, you, you know, you may be groggy, but you, you, you don't fail to come to him. And I think there's something mm. there. And I'm just an earthly father, <laughs> and he's got a, And now he knows he has a monster in the closet. <laughs> is there is there another aspect of uh, of Tim Keller's uh, 
what is that, uh, the understanding aspect of prayer that you felt like that stood out to you? Um, yeah, I mean, there's, uh, there's a lot of nuggets in here. Mm-hmm. Um, I know uh, just, in his, uh, just in his communication, the way he writes, mm-hmm. he gives kind of the extremes and then he follows uh, like a healthy balance in what he's trying mm-hmm. to you know, show, show the readers. So right, right. Um, for me, I felt like he definitely spent a lot of time on um, trying to share that this is a real conversation. Mm-hmm. And I used to think, like, duh. Like, people know prayer is a conversation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You don't have to spend 30 pages trying to explain that. Right, right. But then as I'm looking in hindsight, I'm thinking, you know, we, we keep saying that too, mm-hmm. that prayer is a conversation. Yeah. But I don't know how many people really pray as if it's a real conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, we know that because mm-hmm. it's been taught. I don't know how many people pray as if they're in a real conversation with God. Do you feel like, um, as you're just talking, so a lot of this has been taught, but uh, on, on a lot of people's ends, it, it hasn't been caught yet, right? What do you feel like the shifting point is from the taught, from the depositing of that information, right? I have now been deposited this information of this is what prayer is. How is it then a praxis in a, in a sense where is it just knowledge-based? Well, when did your shift come specifically, you feel? Mm. Mm. I think for me, I used to think prayer is like a noun. Mm. Uh, there's a certain kind of prayer mm. or there's this t- sort of prayer, this model prayer. Mm. And so if I follow that model pretty close, that'd be prayer. Mm-hmm. Remember, mm-hmm. in my upbringing, I had to kind of fill some time and I had to pray a certain amount or um, I had to have a lot of words. Mm. And so for me, prayer was like words. I need a lot of words. I need mm-hmm. to like write a paper, fill up like a thousand words, mm-hmm. and that's like prayer. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even feel very like uh, superficial about it. I wanted to go deeper, and that was just one way that I knew how to really fill that time up. I remember the next kind of shift or the next, like the, uh, you know, the swing in a you know, uh, pendulum was more on listening. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, more on listening as in just... Uh, trying to hear from God, mm-hmm. and more so than trying to talk to God the right way so that he would listen. Interesting. I think, for me, the again, the conversational, the dialogical, um, the communication aspect came for me when I discovered that it wasn't about just saying the right things to him or even getting the right scripture verses as an answer, not that those aren't part of the process. I realized for me, it had, it had a lot to do with intimacy. So it wasn't, it wasn't a longing so I could level up in my spirituality. I think at some point in my life, my heart was, Lord, I want to dwell with you. I want to be with you. And that's all that matters. I want to learn your presence, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then from there, like everything from my scripture reading to... Um, how I pray began to shift because it was no longer a religious attempt. I wasn't trying to satisfy a checklist and 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 uh, just knock it off. It was more of a, I really want to be with you. I just want to be with you. And for me, that's how I began to shift along as well. And I think as I've went for intimacy, I heard him more clearly. But it had a lot to do with trial and error, like you were mentioning. You, you just... You, you can't just sit there and be like, hey, I, this is how I've been doing it all my life. As, as Rob Reamer would say, if your routine becomes a rut, then you're being religious. And I think a lot of times God shifts along our routine 
And I think that I've, I've learned the best that way. Yeah. yeah. It's about a shift, mm-hmm. um, just trying it out, practicing. And I think that's why, you know, we've been really trying to pray together and inviting people to prayer and, mm-hmm. and calling these times like clinics uh-huh. uh, more uh-huh. so than like ministry time. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't like mm-hmm. come and us pastors are going to just, just pray for you and you're going to go home mm-hmm. feeling great. Mm-hmm. Um, it was about a clinic where, you know, we got to practice and we got to learn how to pray. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's a different way. Sometimes you're not familiar praying that way. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're not familiar receiving prayer in that way. Yeah, especially those Tuesday prayer meetings that I know it got cut short a little bit. We began in mid-January, but by the time this COVID-19 hit, we had to just get uh, at the moment, not meet physically. But yeah, even in those prayer clinics, what I began to see was our even our own church members. What they began to do was uh, they learned a new move. It's like it's like basketball. If you go to a basketball clinic, you go there to learn a new move. You don't just do the same. You don't do something you've learned already. So you pick up a new move, and uh, the the clinic portion is probably about a week long, right? At at a basketball camp, but you take that home and then you just do it over and over. Now you know this new move, so that. Uh, in the long run, you have a better game plan. Yeah, for the sake of what? What is what is it for the sake of? You you, you learn a new move so you can win that game. And think for us, it's I think we're going after again that access, that intimacy, that connection, that conversation, if you will. Aaron, t- tell me more about what you talked about this last weekend. Um, you talked about the triune God, right? And um, I know you mentioned the Father a lot. We want to. Just talk about that a little bit more. Yeah, you know, I I remember just growing up and praying in a certain way. And so as I was meditating on how do you pray to a tri-personal God, a triune God, um, it, it almost began to feel like, can I go there? Mm-hmm. You know, can I say those things? Can I share mm-hmm. those things? Um, and for me, I thought, you know, even even as I was preparing and praying for it, I thought, how do I relate? Hmm. You know, not just theologically, mm-hmm. but why do I go to God the Father for mm-hmm. something? Mm-hmm. Why do I go to Jesus for something else? Hmm. And why do I go to the Holy Spirit for another? Mm-hmm. So not so much in like theologically, this is when you go and that's when you go here and trying to line up the God roles mm-hmm. you know, with, with our needs, but like who do I just naturally turn to? And I, I was kind of doing a, um, just a self-reflection. Um, and I, I recognized that when I was younger in my faith, uh, and this is not chronological for everybody, sure. but just in my experience, when I was younger in my faith, I had a lot of needs. Mm. Um, I was asking for a lot of provision. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time I would go to God, it's because God was able to give something mm-hmm. or provide something, especially if it wasn't selfish. And then I learned that later on. If it's for His glory... It's very different in the way that I'm asking or receiving. Um, And so it didn't feel like a Hail Mary prayer at that point, and I really felt like I was his child, and I'm asking for things. And so in that sense, early on, I would just go to the Father. Mm. And then something changed at one point where we said the word praxis Uh uh, today, and that became a big word in my life. Mm -hmm. If that's like a word of the year, that was like my Mm -hmm. word of the year Mm -hmm. where I felt like, you know, man, I really don't know if my life connects Mm -hmm. in my everyday life and my faith. Mm -hmm. And I want that to be real in my life. And so in that journey, in that season, I focused a lot, I realized, on Jesus, the person. Mm -hmm. 
Because there was a model there, there was a walking there, there was a connecting there, there was a healing there, there was a ministry there. And because of that, I, I felt like I was coming to Jesus more, mm-hmm. uh, looking at him like a role model. And that was an important part and shift in my life where it went from receiving, 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 mm-hmm. uh, even the good things, mm-hmm. you know, and then going into, God, I want to pour back out. Yeah. I want to give back to you and your people. Mm-hmm. And I know that in this world, there's a lot more uh, to pray for than my petty things mm-hmm. in my life. And so there was a shift there. And I believe that is the way the Father has changed my mm-hmm. heart, mm-hmm. that my prayers, not that he was telling me I was selfish, but my prayers were just naturally changing sure. in an outward way. Right. You know, if this was me, you know, pre, you know, uh, Jesus, I might just be praying for a ton of provision and protection mm-hmm. for my family, uh, which, which I still do, but without the balance of mm-hmm. thinking about others and mm-hmm. praying for others, mm-hmm. uh, looking for uh, where the needs are mm-hmm. and, and walking out there, miles and miles and and seeing a face, seeing a person in need. And I think that's a big part of why I, I stepped into uh, social work as a, a career, you know, mm-hmm. it, right, in, right in between, uh, you know, wrapping up my uh, MDiv and, and going towards a PhD program, mm-hmm. I thought, you know, this is the route, you know, for the last seven years I've been working at it, but there was a moment where I just thought, you know, I haven't done any of this. Mm-hmm. How can I teach what I haven't truly done? Mm-hmm. And that was a huge shift in my life. Mm-hmm. And so I, I went into that mode and I've lived it out mm-hmm. as best as I can. And mm-hmm. I'm still learning. So interesting. Even in your talk, as we ended out your talk this past Sunday, I, I do really wonder what our, uh, some of our members might even think, hey, what part of the triune God do they relate to the most? And what part do they do not relate as much? And why? Why is that? You know, and and it's very easy to just assume, hey, you don't connect with the Father God because you may have daddy issues, you know. Uh, You don't connect with Jesus because you don't really believe in his healing power, you know, and all of that, all of that. And it's so easy to assume. And I think even as a pastor in the past, it was so easy to just catalog certain people with certain things. But I I realized that even our listeners uh, to think, I I, I knew to know that we are at such a place in our, uh, I think, in our spirituality where the diversity is something to be embraced. Everyone's all so different uh, in that way. Even for myself, um, uh, automatically, again, growing up Pentecostal, Holy Spirit was just number one. <laughs> Acts, Acts 1.8, you know, go, go be filled, you know. Uh, Jesus Christ, the cosmic superhero. And, and so, of course, Jesus Christ is the main character of the Bible. Of course, I connect with Jesus Christ as, um, you know, as, as a Christian. But how about, how about the Father God? And often, you know, we, we pray prayers like, uh, dear Heavenly Father, <laughs> but where does that come from? Is it just a longing or is it religious? Like, there's a lot there. So I think it's definitely wor- uh, worth digging into. Definitely worth digging into. Um, hmm. Yeah, and I sense with people who hear the question, who do you relate to the most mm-hmm. out of the triune God? Mm-hmm. Why or why not? Mm-hmm. You know, I believe a lot of people haven't asked that question to mm. themselves. Yeah, yeah. And it's a good opportunity to think, you know, I relate to Father mm-hmm. because, and then it takes some time to really mm-hmm. reflect on that. Mm-hmm. And you can't help but to think about your own Father at mm-hmm. some point in that reflection. Mm-hmm. I relate to Jesus Christ mm-hmm. because so-and-so. And, so. and I, I believe there is a challenge there. Mm-hmm. Um, to go deeper into maybe an unfamiliar 
place a shift in our prayer, not only in who we're uh, addressing, Mm -hmm. um, but in asking God to know more of God. I, you know, just to let God know it. No, I, I know you as a father, but I also want to know you as a son, as an advocate, as a model. I want to know you, Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You're invisible, mm-hmm. but I want to know you. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus Christ is invisible right now, but we kind of have an image in our head, so we, we feel like we're going to a physical Jesus. Right. But, how do we relate? And that's the question we want to ask our, all our listeners. Uh, and, you know, as our church community dives d- deeper into what it means to know God in his, in his fullness. Uh, yeah, our prayer uh, is that yeah, we would know God in, in his full entity. Uh, and that's my hope. That's my prayer. Yeah, Aaron, is there anything else you want to say? No, give it a try. Mm-hmm. You know, give it a try. It's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've never prayed to Holy Spirit or you never prayed uh, trying to relate, that's okay. G- give it a try, and it will be an opportunity to uh, make a shift mm-hmm. and to try to connect a little deeper in a way that we haven't done, and adding to our repertoire of prayers and um, and how we how we relate to God and what can we lose but to say and just be honest to God and say, I just want to know you more. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not in the exact same way, ten times more, but Maybe in a different way. Yeah. To all our listeners, I also would want to say, I want to offer you a couple of other practical ways that you can pray as well. So what I like is the Abba prayer. And um, I do this with, I've now done it with thousands of youth students uh, at this point. And you can just have a piece of paper or a journal and just write dear and then write your name. So for myself, dear Sammy. And then end the letter with from God or by God or sincerely God or something of that sort. But just write a letter. Just just pray and trust in the Holy Spirit and just write a full long letter from God to yourself. I'm telling you, it has uh, spoken to thousands of youth students and it was always powerful. And, you know, try to try to process what you've received from God in that sense. What I would also recommend is... Um, yeah, don't just do what you're used to doing. Try something new. If you try will. something new. Yeah, try something new. Try something new. Yeah. Anyway, this is us, uh, our first podcast. Aaron, how do you think we did? I'm nervous. Oh, dude, I'm like shaking, dude. I'm like, I hear my breathing <laughs> sound through the mic. But we'll meet you next week uh, with more on prayer. And uh, we'll see you soon. Love you guys. Have a good one.